On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we go over the roller coaster that was the last two games for KU basketball, blowout loss to Iowa State and Ames, and a big-time win over a top-five Texas team in Austin on today's edition. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, got two games to go over. I was out of town yesterday, so didn't get a chance to get around to an Iowa State recap, but um, we're going to do that on today's show, and we're going to recap the game last night, KU over Texas. We'll also get to our goats of basically the last two games combined, see who made it onto there uh, for the past two games for KU. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. KU falls to Iowa State on Saturday, 68 to 53. I guess we'll get this part of it out of the way first since it's chronologically what goes to. It's kind of like, you know, you eat your your vegetables first and then you get to the steak and you get to good stuff at the end with uh, the Texas game, which we'll do after the break here. Uh, so this game was, was kind of back to the one-man show, uh, so to speak, that we had seen in like the Kansas State game, the TCU game. And that kind of three-game stretch where Jalen Wilson was doing everything for you, scoring at will, but nobody else could pick anything up. And that Jalen Wilson is the, you know, at times the only guy who's not just like willing to take shots for you, but but creating those shots for you. Like a lot of other players on this team can't beat a guy off the dribble or create a line drive to the rim, which is why they're not able to create as, as many of those situations. Um, so it was kind of back to the one man show. Jalen ends up with, um, you know, basically just as many points as everyone else. Twenty six for Jalen, twenty seven for everyone else. And you just had too many lapses on defense. It felt like at times you were playing at like 80, 90 percent speed, which doesn't sound like that big of a discount. But it is when you go back and watch what Iowa State did with a lot of their ball screen actions, how fast they were running them, how hard they were running them. It made it so hard to defend. And if you're not up to to par if you're not at 100 you're going to leave wide open layups you're going to leave open shooters and that's exactly what happened against iowa state who took advantage of it so you had too many defensive lapses uh ball screen defensive issues for you like uh, a lot of the freshmen really struggled defensively uday really struggled in space with the ball screen defense mj rice had the uh play that everybody remembers of the lack of like effort of even like trying to defend the guy and okay just really struggled on the defensive end of the ball but then obviously the offense wasn't good either that's why you lose by 15 neither side was very good no one was making open shots for you like Grady Dick was missing open threes you, you did get some open looks that you just weren't capitalizing on and you add to it that nobody was scoring besides Jalen Wilson that's why you only score 53 points albeit against an elite defensive team in Iowa State um, you had too many turnovers again, that's, you know, coming in the number one team in the country in defensive turnover rate. So again, a very good defense in Iowa state and a very good team overall. Um, but certainly it was disappointing. I think the lack of effort, but I, I, I do say I was, I was sitting there watching and I think you saw a lot of people say that, like, you know, it's one thing to lose in Ames to a good team on the road. It's another thing to lose by 15. 
Like that's what really annoys you. And I do agree to a certain sense because if you're trying to gauge how good this team is, I think that's clearly something that shows you like if you continually lose games where you get blown out as opposed to losing close, that can be more of a moniker of that. Yeah, maybe you're not one of the elite teams, right? But I do think that sometimes we get caught up in this idea that, hey, if you lose by 15 versus losing by five, you know, one's going to feel better. I really don't think one is going to feel better as a fan if you're watching that game and they lose one by five and one by 15. Like maybe long term, it makes you feel better about the team. But in the moment, you're going to feel bad either way. Um, I do think this has with with how the Big 12 has has come. This has become more like an NBA season to a certain standpoint where like you go through an NBA season and teams aren't going to go, you know, in college basketball, your best teams might go 30 and two or something in the regular season In the NBA, your best teams are still going to lose, you know, 20, 25 games in a given year. And there are going to be nights like many nights where they're going to lose games by 10, 15, 20 points. And that's almost what this big 12 has become because think about it. Like in the NBA, all the competition is good and is close to each other in what they are. In college basketball, typically you don't see that. Typically the top team in a conference to the eighth or ninth best team in a conference is such a wide gap that you don't see what's happening in this Big 12 happens. So I've, I've kind of reshaped my mind and just being like, yeah, sometimes in this league it happens. And you add to it that I think, you know, when you look at the bench, once again, went back to struggling, although they played well in the next game, which we'll get to against Texas, um, that like this team for, for KU, I think has a low floor in comparison to a lot of other Bill Self basketball teams. You know, I, I don't think that's totally dissimilar to recent teams. Like, if you compare it to, I mean, because you can say this a lot about some of the recent teams, right? The 2020 to 21 team, that team had a lower floor. The 2018-19 team, that team had a lower floor. I think that might be just the way the game is changing in college basketball with, with all players leaving earlier or transferring earlier that it's harder to have the continuity and so your floor is just in general going to be lower as any college basketball team and that's what you've seen like this year it's it's just kind of wide open so I, I do think there's something to that but like if we're comparing this one for instance to those two teams 2018-19 and the the 2020 to 21 teams that both lost in the second round and, and were blown out in doing so one to Auburn one to USC this team has a much higher ceiling than that and like last year, for instance, last year, your floor wasn't as high of a floor as, say, the 2010 team or the 2011 team. Like you lost by 20 points to Kentucky at home. But last year's ceiling was good enough to win a national title. I don't know that this year's ceiling is, but I don't know that it's not either. Because, again, there aren't like a ton of just teams that we're going to look at 10 years from now and be like, man, how did you know, that team not win a title if they don't win a title because they're just this unbelievable team. So, you know, it's it's just a wider variance for this year's Bill Self team, as it has been for a lot of years over the past handful of years with the given state of college basketball. And then you add in that this conference is just absolutely ridiculous. And that's what happens when you play crappy. And again, it doesn't excuse it. And if you keep playing like that, where you've had multiple instances, like the TCU game, you get blown out in the Iowa State game where you get blown out, it becomes problematic when you stack those things together. But flip side to that, you know, if we fast forward after the Texas win, the four-game stretch where you were at Kentucky, K-State at home, at Iowa State, Texas at home, if you would have said before that you're going to go 3-1, and one, I think you would have grabbed it. You would have taken it. So 
they ended up just fine in a very hard schedule and part of play. Doesn't mean they're in the driver's seat. Doesn't mean they're in the best position possible, but they're at least in striking distance. And they have put the opportunity in front of themselves that if they can have more of these ceiling games and the floor games like Iowa State, they should be okay. Will they be okay? And will they avoid all those floor games? I don't know. Remains to be seen. Um, and, and again, like back to how good the Big 12 is, it's getting to a point where it's like, like remember that Kemba Walker UConn team? That team got a three seed in the NCAA tournament. That team went nine and nine in Big East play because the Big East used to be so loaded. So you're going to be okay. This is one of those years where you still want to win the Big 12. You always do if you're Kansas. I'm not shooting that away. But if you finish second in the Big 12 just because Texas goes 13 and five and you're 12 and six, you still end up you know, getting a two seed or something in the NCAA tournament. This is one of those years, uh, you know, there's not a streak to live up to. This is one of those years where I think it's a little bit more fine, even though, again, that's not the intended goal. All right, let's get on to the uh, overview of the Texas game in just a second here. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and, you know, if your goal is to eat a little healthier, um, and, you know, especially after we get through Super Bowl weekend this week with all the great appetizers and uh, bad for you foods that you're going to have, you're going to want to get back on that health trick kick. And you got to try Built Bar. It's tasty, too. It's not just healthy and taste goes. No, it tastes good. Um, they have 100% real chocolate and they come in awesome flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. I don't know how they do it, but even despite all that great taste, it is only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. You can still order online at built.com. That's always a great way to get your built bars. But you can also go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to your nearest Walmart today, get to the pharmacy section. You can grab yourself a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. If you're so close to a Sam's Club, you can run in, grab a 13 bar box with some of their great flavors as well. Check it all out with Built Bar. Finishing uh, the recap the last two games before we get on to our goats of the game here with our overview of Texas. And I think this was just the complete night and day game of Iowa State. Like, it's almost like you, if the Iowa State game was a t-shirt, the Texas game was the t-shirt turned inside out. Iowa State game was all Jalen Wilson, nobody else really stepping up. Joe was actually pretty good off the bench against Iowa State. Um, and then in the Texas game, it was Jalen Wilson struggling, everybody else stepping up for Kansas. It's the complete opposite of what happened against Iowa State, and it leads to you winning. And there's no sweeping conclusion takeaway as if like, oh, well, you know, it's better for this team if Jalen Wilson's not scoring 20. Like, no, that's that's stupid. And and I did see a couple people, and, and I know this is kind of cherry picking. Like, there's always a subsegment of, of people who say stuff, but I, I'm sorry. The people who keep, you know, replying or talking about like, well, you know, when, when Jalen doesn't shoot as much, it's it means the other players are more active and more engaged. And no, the reason they're more active and engaged because they're scoring more. So they're taking more shots. Jalen Wilson is the only guy consistently all season long at Kansas who's been able to create his own shot at will. Ideally, everybody's playing well for Kansas. We saw everybody play well for Kansas against like Missouri and Seton Hall and Indiana, and they blew out all those teams. But I think what you saw last night is a perfect example of why this is a team sport. 
Again, ideally, everybody's playing well at the same time. But if you have the option between one superstar playing his A-plus game and nobody else playing well, or if you have your superstar playing ver- playing his you know worst game of the season, which it probably was against Texas with two points, and everybody else playing you know A or B games, you take the second one because the team side of it matters. And that's what we saw last night, Jalen Wilson's worst game of the year, which is two points. It's funny, Texas did, did this to Ochag Baji last year, too. I forget the amount of points that Ochag scored. I, I don't remember if it was zero or, or what, but I think he went like 0 for from the field. He might have hit a couple free throws on senior day last year against Texas. There's something about Texas coming into Lawrence and uh, slowing down your, your national player of the year, first-team All-American candidates. Um, but everybody had to step up, and they did. Everybody was great for Kansas, and you won the possession battle. You got a bunch of offensive rebounds, especially early. Early, There was that that kind of period for the first five or so minutes of the second half where all of a sudden they started being the more physical team. They started being the more energetic team and got some of those back. But overall, you did well there. You avoided turnovers. You turned them over a ton. Dewan Harris was so good at poking balls free. And then, like I said, everybody contributed. You got bench contributions, which now this is two of the last three games. You've gotten legit bench contributions. I guess three of the last four if we go back to the Kentucky game. But in terms of like real tangible, a bunch of points off the bench, this game and the the K-State game, your last two both at home, you hear all the time like in the NBA that you're – and this is my second NBA comparison. I'm sorry. Um, You hear all the time that uh, you get bench players to play better at home. And so I wonder if we're seeing some of that for Kansas, which, you know, it'd be more ideal if you're getting bench contributions at home and on the road. But if you're getting them just at home, I guess that's a step from where we were. So that is a a positive in the right direction. And you were playing very limited in the Texas game. It's not just that Jalen Wilson struggled, who's been a great force for you all season long. It's that you were down all these scholarship bodies. I think you were down to eight scholarship players in the game. You went two for 10 from three. Like I said, Jalen Wilson had two points, and you still beat a top five team by eight points. Pretty special for what Kansas was able to do last night against the Texas Longhorns. And in the end, that was a must win for Kansas if you want to win the Big 12. Now, we can go back to what I talked about at the end of the first segment that I think there was probably less pressure on this Kansas team to win the Big 12 than, than maybe any other. Other also felt like to be completely honest, because if you just look at, hey, there's there's no streak to keep alive. So if you lose it, you're not snapping the streak. Um, if you get second place this year, you're probably still going to get like a two seed in the NCAA tournament with the amount of quad one wins that you've already racked up and still be ultra impressive. Um, they just won a national title last year. So just in general, there's, I think, less haste to be like, oh, you know, the sky is falling when your team's not doing maybe quite as well as you think. Again, doesn't mean that you don't want to win the Big 12 and that that's not still a goal and that shouldn't be a goal. It absolutely is all those things. But I just think there's a little less pressure to it maybe this year than some other years. Um, but still, like I said, you do want to win the league. And so you kind of, if you wanted that to be the case, that was a must win last night because otherwise you would have been three games behind Texas with seven games to go. The most we've seen Kansas overcome is two games, coincidentally against Texas. That was with, I believe, five games to go. So now you're one game back with seven games to go. We'll see what they can do. They're right back in the thick of things. Certainly, it might just come down at the very end. They're at Texas and Austin, their final game of the season. That could end up being for a chance to, who knows, what if both teams are tied for first in the Big 12 and and the winner gets it outright, or maybe Texas is up a game and Kansas has to win to earn at least a share of the league. It could very well come down to that, but now you're at least in the the ballpark you're you're at least you know have yourself a chance to try to win the league
Let's get on to our goats of the game. Before we do that, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. I know I'm already keeping an eye on, on some of the Super Bowl odds for this upcoming weekend. Uh, Jet McKinnon touchdown. I like that. It's hovering around two to one. And Kadarius Tony touchdown. Just got that earlier today at four to one odds. I like both of those, maybe even just one of two hits. But Kadarius Tony, they, especially with McCall Hardman out, they like to use him on those jet sweeps around the goal line. I think it makes some sense. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Finishing up the show with our goats. Normally, it'd be our goats of the game, but I guess it's goats of the last two games, and you know we'll get kind of specific a little not. Uh, we'll start with the good. Joe Yasufu, 100% deserves a good goat for really both games. Now, the Iowa State game, you lose by 15, so his eight points off the bench on three of six shooting don't you know, come with as much of a, I don't know, positive notion around them, and, and maybe he didn't impact the game enough to warrant being on here, but I think for the collection of it, because you can make the argument that he was the MVP against Texas. And that on its own with a just decent game off the bench against Iowa State is enough to get you on here. Uh, certainly, there would be other candidates for MVP last night. Like, DeWan was so good, and um, Kevin McCuller and Grady Dick had, had so many big contributions in a lot of different ways. Same with, you know, both centers with KJ and Ernest and MJ Rice played well. But anyway, um, Joe had 14 points, five rebounds last night. He goes five of nine from the floor. That one dunk was... I don't know if you're looking for loudest moments in the field house last night, it was probably either the dunk by Joe Yasufu or it was the Grady Dick three to put him up 30 to 16. Like those two moments, very, very loud. But Joe Yasufu, he also had the one dunk where he got hammered. I was surprised he was able to stay in the game, toughed through it. And uh, that's the type of game that you look to get him rolling. Bobby Pettiford sounds like he's going to be out here for a little bit of time. Doesn't sound like it's just the day-to-day -day thing. Sounds like he'll be out for the Oklahoma game and maybe a little bit of time here. Maybe that's the opportunity Joe needs that it's like, hey, you're now the guy like you have to be not just, you know, the backup two guard. You have to be the backup point guard like we are relying on you a good amount. And if there's a switch flipping for him, that would be so vital because they need bench scoring. And he's one of the top candidates to be able to do it. So last two games, 11 points per game, three rebounds per game. He's eight of 15 from the floor under 20 minutes per game. Exactly what this team needs. He was great last night. And you would hope that this is turning the corner as opposed to just a one-off, but at the very least, it did help you beat a top five Texas team. Iowa State's Jalen Wilson gets a good goat here. 26 points, nine rebounds, two assists. The rest of the team had 27 points. He was the only guy who was able to create his own shot. Everybody else kind of felt like lethargic out there, and he just kind of pulled you again to trying to be competitive, but unfortunately, um, not a lot of the other guys kind of stepped up in that game and the defensive energy wasn't there, but Jalen Wilson against Iowa state. Very good. Everyone, but Jalen versus Texas gets a good goat here. So you go down the list. Jalen obviously struggled the two points, the, the one of seven from the floor. 
Dewan Harris, as I said, you could make the argument. He was the MVP. He had 17 points, six rebounds, five assists. You needed him at times to score. He did just that for you. And he was just the maestro of the game. He was just in control, in command, uh, forced so many steals and turnovers and poked a bunch of balls loose the, the outskirt and helped lead to a bunch of Texas turnovers. I think they had 10 in the first half. They, they averaged like 12 a game. So that was really impressive from Dewan. Grady Dick. 21 points, four rebounds, sharpshooter, back to uh, what we kind of expect from him, maybe out of his little three-game shooting slump. Then you have Kevin McCuller, 16 points, six rebounds. Certainly interesting. He keeps getting in foul trouble lately. Like That's something you need to try to avoid and has been plaguing you a bit here recently, but he was really good again. K.J. Adams, 10 points, eight rebounds. He was really solid and one of your better rebounding games from K.J. Uh, seven offensive rebounds, a lot of them on kind of those tap outs to, to keep you alive. Ernest Duday had six points, two rebounds. He was really effective in eight minutes of play. You combine it together, the two centers, you get 16 points, 10 rebounds. That'll play for Kansas. MJ Rice, I think even on here, because I, I said everyone but Jalen versus Texas. MJ had two points on just one of five shootings. So that's not like a stat line that's, you know, very good or efficient. He also had three rebounds, but I thought he still played well. Like against Iowa State, you had the, the play where he showed like no really effort. Uh, defending the guy I thought that was a great bounce back for him and I'm sure the coaches got on him about it and they wanted to see the bounce back and they they tested him and they needed him because they were down so many scholarship guys um you know if if Bobby and Zach or, or something are, are available for that game who knows if MJ even plays because of what happened in the Iowa State game but because by necessity he kind of had to he took advantage of the opportunity and more power to him he looked really good on the defensive end put a lot of effort in there um, even though the shot wasn't falling, he was he was working really hard, and I thought he got brought, got brought you kind of some good minutes. And then obviously Joe Yesifu, who we talked about earlier. So uh, everybody else kind of really stepped up and had really good contributions for for KU. The bad goats, it's the opposite of that for the Iowa State game. Everyone but Jalen and Joe at Iowa State. So Dewan. Harris, KJ Adams, Grady Dick, Kevin McCuller, Bobby Pettiford, Ernest Uday, MJ Rice, Zach Clements, Michael Jankovic. Uh, all those players ended up playing for you. So I think that's nine other players besides Jalen and Joe. Those nine players had 19 points on seven of 22 from the floor. And Kevin McCuller had 11 rebounds in that game. So that's a good number there. He, he did that very well. But none of those other players had more than four in any stat except points, which the high was seven. So not only were none of them scoring or shooting much, they weren't really contributing in a lot of other ways. Certainly a struggle for everyone other than Jalen and a little bit of Joe against Iowa State. Then the other bad goat, Jalen Wilson, as I mentioned, really struggled against Texas, but teammates picked him up, which was was very fitting because of the way that he's been picking up his teammates over the last couple of weeks. Certainly one of KU's best all-around performances and encouraging that you got those efforts from all these other players to basically tell you that yes this is not a one-man show and you need it to not be and in KU's best games all those other players have stepped up and they did last night in the win against Texas all right that's gonna do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks we're gonna be back tomorrow I know this uh this might come in in weird timing just because of the Last game for Jalen was only two points, but we're going to make Jalen Wilson's national player of the year case. So we'll do that on tomorrow's show. We also have a fun episode later this week where we're going to do Super Bowl comparisons with some of the, the top players or star players to some of the KU basketball players. And then uh, on Friday's show, we'll preview the KU Oklahoma game. That'll do it, though. 
you can uh, find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can hit us up on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at, at Johnson Video. And we'll be back for tomorrow's episode. You can also catch me on Rock Truck Sports Talk later today. Till then, bye.